Hi everyone, it's Tom Panos here. I've got with me Travis Denham from McGain Real Estate in Adelaide. I've said it right, haven't I? You have, Tom, yeah. Thanks. Welcome. Thanks, mate. Mate, I'm really excited to have you. Uh, your story, uh, in a nutshell, is that four years ago, you were a sales rep for Coca-Cola. Previ- previous job, but yeah, always been in sales. I have been a Coke rep, yes. Okay, and you've been in real estate four years? Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter, and you're on track now, as I'm talking to you, you've written 500000 a year in GCI, and we've still got about four or so months to go, so you're aiming to try and hit that 800000 Yeah. Average price range of three hundred and thirty grand. Yeah, three fifty roughly. Three fifty. So we're talking about a guy that's actually doing it out, working in the, the hard suburbs of Adelaide. You call them the southern suburbs? Yeah, the southern suburbs, like a working class area. Um, su- southern suburbs of Adelaide. Right. Yeah. Okay, Travis, uh, it's an incredible story and after this year if you get eight hundred then you're saying you're resetting your sights at one point two. Yep. Um, married two young kids. Yep. Uh, how old are you? Uh, 38, 39 this year. Okay, got into real estate at what, 35? Yeah. Um, what prompted you to get into real estate? Uh, my boss and principal sold my first home when we went to the, moved into our current home and um, my wife knows his uh, business manager. Which they, we spoke, she said, we've always said you should think about real estate. Spoke to Mike Thomas, my boss. We had a chat, it interested me. Um, Nine months later, I started in real estate because I did understand that I was going to take a fairly significant pay cut when I started out because you start on a fairly, uh, fairly minor um, yeah. amount of money before. So you, you took you took a reasonable pay drop. Yeah, but I basically saved for nine or ten months in my right. current job and stacked as much away as I could, getting ready. In November 2010, I um, joined McGain Real Estate. Okay, so you've joined McGain Real Estate um, and. What have been the first things you've done to try and get yourself out there and get listings? Pretty much listen to the best performers in our company. Right. Um, so the principal, Mike Dobbins, also the number one selling agent in our company. Um, everything he told me to do, I did. Um, I've always had, or I now know, real estate is not rocket science and the formula is pretty much been written. You do the training in the college, you jump online and look at um, YouTube, watch YouTube of people like Matt Steinway or Phil Harris or the top performers, they all have the same message, talk to people. So basically, initially I just contacted everybody I knew, I had a fairly large personal network, worked a few jobs, been involved with sports clubs and stuff and just shook as many trees as I could. Um, didn't get a listing for a while. Mike would once again ask um, if I could attend his opens, well he offered. And in the area where I live, like a suburb like Woodcroft, if there's a big four bed, two bath, double garage, it's seen as like a trade up house. So if you do the opens at a home like that, you're more likely to meet people with something to sell. So Mike, to help me out, would let me attend the opens with him and let the call, call the buyers back. Um, it took me about early, mid-January to get my first listing <clears throat> and sold about 14 in the, in the, the first six months to finish that, calendar, that uh, financial year. So what, what did you write in your first year of real estate? My first seven months I wrote 86,000. Yeah. Next year, my first full year, I aimed at 300 and wrote 268. Okay. The year after? I aimed at 450 and wrote 452. 
Okay, so that's the uh, last financial year that's gone by. You've written 452. Correct. Okay, this year you're on track to do 800. Correct, I aimed at 800. And at December 31, the halfway point, I was in 402. Yeah. Uh, January and February were a little soft. Um, so I'm at five, well, after today, hopefully about 520. Yeah. But I listed 16 last month. Look, I've got a lot of good active stock coming on now. I think March and April are going to be fairly, fairly large volume months for me. Okay, I want to talk about this concept, the 50 appraisals challenge. <laughs> Can you explain what that is? Certainly. Um, basically, once every three or four months to stay on the company roster, we have certain suburbs that don't belong on a farm area. So if anybody walks into the office or calls in, doesn't ask for anyone, it goes on the roster. To stay on the roster, about every three months, we have to do 20 appraisals and put 20 buyers minimum on, on our system to stay on the roster. Right. So I guess what I'm saying, most agents in our company, we're doing between 12 and 25 appraisals a month. In September 2011, so 10 months into the, into the job, um, Mike set a challenge to the whole sales team. If anybody could do 50 appraisals in one month for September, he'd give them $1,000 cash. Everybody laughed, said it's impossible. Later on, I found out that was aimed squarely at me because he knew I needed the cash and he knew I liked the challenge. I did 54. Um, a lot of them were updates for friends that weren't actually selling now, but it got me sitting in their lounge room talking real estate, which inevitably led to me asking them if they knew anybody else who was selling and my two months later november probably not by mistake was the first time i wrote thirty thousand in a month sold six properties so basically travis these 54 appraisals they were just people you just calling who, who i was a mixed bag of people I'd because by then i did have some active stock so there was people i met at opens people that came from the company roster people that i just everywhere everywhere i went in the first well, even now Everywhere I go, people know what I do. I am very passionate about what I do. I use social media and, and stuff like that to let everyone out there that I know. So you use Facebook? Use Facebook fairly strategically in the first two years. Um, didn't have a work only Facebook page. Had It was still me, still putting all my social stuff on there. But every time I listed, I put the link to realestate.com on there. And every time I sold and it went unconditional and the sold sticker went on the board, I put that on there. I didn't try to overwhelm people with too much real estate stuff because I reckon they'd start defriending me. Yeah. I just kept reminding them that I'm out here getting results. Um, that started bringing business in, um, advertising in the messenger, like investing a little bit on personal profile, not just vendor paid advertising, but running promo ads that I paid for. My out of as your own pocket? Yep. Yeah. Okay, Travis, you also have two PAs. Correct, yeah. Tell me about uh, what do they do? Okay, so Cameron joined me uh, just over 18 months ago. I got to a level where I was getting fairly busy and finding it hard to manage doing everything myself. Um, I basically looked for some, I didn't know what I wanted at that stage, I just knew I needed some help. I ran some ads, basically went out with the fairly uh, intro level package, around $40,000 salary, with no promises, but if you come on board and work hard with me and get some runs on the board in the early days like me, who knows where it's going to go. Cameron was a young guy that didn't have much experience other than running a McDonald's restaurant. At, uh, he was about 21. He became my right-hand man. He helped me do ads. He helped me do buyer show-throughs, helped me add opens, bank valuations, building inspections, to free me up to spend more time talking to buyers and talking to sellers. We then got busier. We also identified 
I guess, a, with a little more clarity what we wanted with the next person, where we wanted to head Cameron, and what we specifically wanted in the next person to join the team, the skill set we needed. I spoke to people in my company. I went to some people that are based in Adelaide, people that run other companies, or yeah. one person in particular, to ask for help, because um, I didn't have anybody in our company that had a three-person EVU at that stage. Yeah. Asked everyone, I'm not scared to ask people for help, because a lot of times they do. We hired Bronte seven months ago. She's a lady that came from a bank with a lot more focus on, she had the strong admin skills. Yeah. She's good at writing texts and stuff, where the Gen Wires nowadays probably aren't as good at the yeah. written word, um, which freed Cameron up to help me more with the, he's more sales focus and more right. buyer focus, because we want to grow him into a sales. So, is that, so, so Cameron's more of a uh, bit of a, a buyer PA? We're heading in that way now, yes. Right. Okay, so you've got a team of three people there. Now, um, there's two areas I want to focus this rest of this interview, and that is your very good ability to increase your commissions from around 1.8% to 2.6% or 2.5%. 2.5%. I want to talk about that, and I also want to talk about the fact that you're really good at getting uh, them to paid advertising, yeah. particularly in a marketplace that is not a you know a, an affluent where checks of five or ten grand are common. Correct. You're able to go in and, and get money um, for them to do in print and online. Yeah. So let's talk about the um, commission. How do you handle Travis when you're at a listing presentation and the vendor turns around and says uh, you're dearer? You've gone through a process and you explain it to them, you explain it to me before really well, can you articulate it again? How do you you know, explain it to the vendor that you're, you're in fact better value? Yeah, okay, I'll do my best, Tom. I can't stress enough, um, if anybody's watching this, go to ARIC. Um, I'm not from a big franchise group, so we don't have a lot of back-end training and support. That's the one thing when I started, my boss said, do one major investment in training a year, go to ARIC, which I've done every year. Last year, a man by the name of David Knox, I mean, saw you speak there as well. Um, really funny man from America, lots yeah. of experience, a guru. Um, on the last day or the second day, he had a session in the afternoon on how to protect your commission. Um, that was one of the most valuable two hours of my real estate career because the penny just dropped for me and I, he had some really good scripts and some really good ways of thinking to handle those objections. So up until then, last financial year, I pretty much did my best, but eventually usually had to drop the commission to get the business because I didn't yeah. want to lose the business. Now what I do, um, while I'm doing my listing presentation and we get to the point where we talk about my, my fee, I am up front 2.5% plus GST is my standard fee. I'll be honest, I don't always, I still sometimes have to bring it in a little bit. Um, but generally I get that or very close to it and I will actually bring it up even if the vendor doesn't, that there's going to be other agents, if you're talking to them, that will be cheaper. Right, okay, so step number one is don't shy from the fact. Don't shy, and, okay. I, and in fact, the GST, that's a good one, because I'll go 2.5% plus GST. Right. What was the other agent? And I'll go 2%, I'll go plus, and they go, oh, they didn't say. And I'll go, isn't that funny? They'll try and gloss over it. When you say yes, and they come at the list, they'll then hit you with, oh no, it's plus GST. Yeah. I like to, I, I'm clear. And what I generally do next step is if we establish that we think the home's worth, let's say, 400,000 on 2.5, they're 2. Point, let's say 
I'm 0.5% dearer on a $400,000 house. Let's say I'm roughly $2,000 yeah. dearer to yeah. use me than them. Yeah. That's, I guess, step two. So step two, um, uh, break it down to the dollar amount. Dollar amount. So you're two grand more. Yeah. 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 Then what I do generally is, with a pen and a piece of paper, just scribble in front of them, list, identify the things that differentiate me from the other agents. So let's pick three or four of them now. Okay. Um, so we do a letterbox drop to every home in your suburb prior to your first open yeah. at no charge to you. They don't. Right. Could that bring us more buyers? Yes. Remember how we spoke about the buyer that specifically wants to be on that street because the best friend or the mum or whatever lives around the corner can quite often go, as I told you earlier, recently had one 12,000 higher than the other three offers because mum lived across the road. The letterbox drop combined with the signboard. Yeah. Um, now everybody does a signboard. Not everybody does a letterbox drop. Okay. So you you start articulating your points of difference. Correct. Is there other points of difference apart? Yeah. 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 Um, I guess if we're the most active agent in the area. Yeah. Um, we have more bias. Yeah. There you go. Another key one. I usually then turn to the picture of my team. We call it Team Denim. Yeah. The three of us. Yeah. And I say, if the other agent that you're considering is a one man band, let's think about. If they're about to walk into a listing opportunity and they get a buyer call from, let's say, a country buyer who's, this is what country buyers I found do. They drive down to Adelaide from the country and they ring you when they're out front of the home and they're about to drive back to the Riverland. Right. They're gold. They're not as savvy about the value of properties in the area. They're quite often cash. They quite often come down, look at three or four, and then buy one and go. We have the ability to capture them every time because we have three people and we can drop everything. One of us can get there. We never miss an opportunity. I've had situations like that where we've got 10 or 20 grand above fair market price due to the fact that we can be in three places at once. If the other guy can't, he will miss that opportunity because the other agent wants to get the next commission. Doesn't really mind about whether they get an extra $500 out of you, they'd rather get another $4,000 out of somebody else. Um, I then explain that it costs money for me to pay two full-time staff to help me provide a premium service. Yeah. But if it's going to cost you 2000 more, it's going to give us a lot more chances of getting 5 10 15 more. Okay, so what you're doing is you're articulating to the dollar amount, then you're going through some unique selling benefits that you've got, your strengths, yep. that a competitor doesn't, and then you're equating those to it's going to cost you two grand, but we might pick you up an extra 20, 30 grand. Yeah. So you're showing that even though you might be uh, appearing as more expensive, you're in fact the cheapest agent because you're going to get them top dollar. What's the more best important, price. the cheapest bill or the most in your pocket? What's more important, the cheapest bill or the most in your pocket? That's nice dialogue. Yeah. Okay, so you, so you, and that, and that process has been able to help you lift up your fee from 1.8 to 2.5. So, well, my average last financial year was 1.86. This year to date, it's 2.37. So I've lifted it 0.51 of a percent, right. and I've written 500,000 so far. You do the maths on that. It's twenty five grand so right. far. So that two, uh, that one thousand dollar Arab ticket, yeah, one thousand dollar flight and accommodation was covered. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Travis, I want to talk to you about vendor paid advertising. Yep. Uh, you're good at it. You work in a marketplace that is not an affluent, high VPA traditionally, yep. yet you still are able to sell a lot of print media. Can you yep. share with our viewers how you do it? Yeah, certainly, Tom. I guess the VPA is part of kind of. A, 
a bigger process. What I mean is when I arrive to appraise a person's property or do a listing presentation, I tend to think I'll take them on about a one hour quick crash course real estate 101. I try to educate them from the start. When I arrive, I'll talk about the time I've been in the industry, the amount of properties I've sold, my average days on market, and how that's relevant when, if you're going to sell for a big price, it generally happens early. I use a lot of metaphors and real life stories. So I say, well, when you bought, how many other people wanted to buy it? How do you know that? Did the agent tell you? Were there people everywhere? Or did you know you were the only one? Generally, the property that started to deer and sits there for six months and finally drops its price, the buyer knows that. Right. Nowadays, with the internet, they most buyers have a lot of information at their fingertips and they're ready and they know when they're the only one and they can offer low um, and the vendor may be getting desperate. So I talk to that and then I talk to the realestate.com buyer because in Adelaide, realestate.com is um, definitely the major yeah. online search engine more so than domain. And I talk about how most buyers nowadays, or three quarters of buyers, are realestate.com addicts. Who look what's, at it. what's that mean? So, well, so basically the way I explain it, and most potential vendors giggle because it's them. Um, basically what I say is when they're in buy mode, they, um, that three month buying window, they look at realestate.com five times a day. The minute they get to work, the first thing they do is look for new properties. They go to 40 or 50 opens before they buy. They have the data available through the main search engines of what that sold for, what this sold for. They become basically glorified property valuers. So by the time they actually buy, they know what fair price is for your home. They want to pay that or just under. Unfortunately, what a lot of agents don't do is let you know that there's actually another quarter or so of buyers out there that are harder to get to and cost a little bit to get to, but if you get one or two, they can pay off handsomely. Effectively, what I'm saying is, if you just put it on realestate.com, you're only going to attract the savvy buyer who knows what fair is. Now, we can sell you for fair, or we could invest a thousand or two extra and maybe get you 5% more. 5% more on a $400,000 home is 20 grand. So it's like this, you only get one shot at selling your home. And what my evidence has shown me, looking at my recent sales, everything that goes big happens fairly quickly with multiple offers where there's a crowd at the open and there's five people taking offer forms and four or five offers coming in. And that puts us in the driver's seat because we can push because we don't, we're not desperate, there's not just them. Um, the thing is, the buyer that comes from the messenger, quite often, which is our local, our local paper, yeah. um, is usually the little old lady that isn't so internet savvy, or right. a person that's just arrived from the UK, who's looking what areas. Um, the people that come off the advertiser are traditionally the baby boomers more so than the, the younger generations. Once again, people that tend to get more emotional and don't have as great an understanding of what fair price may be. And when we put them in the first or second open where the realestate.com crowd will be automatically, and we get one or two of them there and they want it and they see the crowd, it allows me, if I'm doing a good job with my negotiation skills, to make them keep going and pay us more. Sometimes we overachieve. We had a property in November last year that was on at 499 to 539 and we were clearly we, we believed we were worth 530. We knew that because a year earlier they tried to sell with another agent. They were on the market at 570 to 590 and they had a 520 and a 530 offer early. 
but they didn't acknowledge that they thought that was right. Seven months later, they came off the market. Um, three months later, they came on with me. We put them on at four ninety nine to five thirty nine. We advertised it everywhere. Yeah. We protected the first open, which is something I believe strongly in. We don't. We try to do our best not to let them through the home before the first open inspection, where the crowds. Why do you do that to have a big crowd? Because well, generally, what I've found, Tom, and another another. Um, kind of script I use regularly is it doesn't matter how long we've been on the market, it matters how long they've been out there looking and they're ready now because they've missed out on two and they've been to 40 or 50 opens and they now know that fare for your home's about 5.30 and they see us on at 4.99 to 5.39 and they're worried that it's going to attract a big crowd and it's going to get carried away. So they usually call me within a day or two of hitting the market with a good excuse as to why they can't make the open. What I generally do is steer them to the Monday evening and give them an assurance we won't sell it before they get there. Right. That brings them. <laughs> to the open. Yeah, right. to the crowd. Uh, the particular property I'm talking about um, was a big four bed, two bath, three living area, thousand square meters, in ground pool. It was a family home. Right. We had 40 odd groups to the open. We had seven offers. Now this is the kind of home that attracts people about my age, who are generally the realestate.com addict. Yeah. Um, the offers we had, we had one cheeky offer just under the bottom end. We have four offers in the 530s. We have 551 from, uh, we, they didn't start there, but that's where we got them to. 551 from a couple that had just arrived from the UK. Missed one in a, the next suburb over, which is a slightly dearer suburb and didn't realize. We sold the property to a 70-year-old couple from McGill who was vision implied, uh, vision impaired person and, yeah. and a cane at the open, but he could still see a bit. Um, they went to 565 100 and bought the property, cash. When I sat down to sign the contract with them, I said, please don't take this the wrong way, but this was the kind of home that I thought a, bit, a growing family would move into, like in-ground pool and four bedrooms. Why did you this home. Turns out the brother, the twin brother, lives three doors up. Right. And by the end of next year, he will be blind to the point that he can't see and he right. needed help with his wife. Right. They needed a house near the brother. The brother is at the age where he reads the messenger each week. Saw the messenger ad, rang the brother, made us 30 grand, basically. Yeah. A $185 quarter page ad. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Travis, I always say to people, we know where we know where 100% of the buyers are going to come from. We don't know where the best buyer is going to come from. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why you need to do everything. You'll never, I mean, I'm convinced you'll never know whether you've got 100% of the result if you haven't used 100% of the marketing uh, resources available to you. Correct. I guess to use your... Um, one of your phrases, you know, I'd rather have the harder conversation with you now than apologise afterwards while we're selling for low. And I also always say, I can't guarantee it's going to happen, but if you're going to invest an extra thousand dollars to maybe get five, ten, fifteen, twenty, give yourself the chance of that happening. To me, because you only get one shot at selling the family home, um, it sounds like a worthwhile investment to me. I, I generally can convince the vendor that it is. Yeah, yeah, good piece of dialogue. We we refuse to mismarket and apologize later and, 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 and Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, uh, we never get a second chance at making a good first impression and we only get one opportunity to sell the, the family home, which is tax-free. Mm. Travis, you've been uh, uh, sensational. 
inspirational a guy that's come into real estate um, in just you know three to four years to be on track to ride 800 um, in a marketplace with an average sale price of 350,000 in Adelaide. Thank you so much. We Thanks, wish Tom. you all the best. This has been uh, Travis Denham yep. from McGain Real Estate. Thanks, Tom. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you.